You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I haven't counted how many sleeps. I think two. I tell me he's got the calendar here and he's marking off the X's day by day for the start of the rugby league season because he's very, very confident about his chookies. But let's catch up with our great mate to chat all things rugby league. I speak of Matt Russell from Fox Sports. is on the line right now. Morning, Matty. G'day, Julian. You know what? I'm old enough to remember vividly yes. Ian Chappell hooking. That was one of my joys of a, watching sport as a kid, watching Ian Chappell hook with the unbuttoned shirt down to his belly button, flamboyance at its best. Well, it's funny you say that. He, he had a few issues with skin cancers. And he says, I blame Richie because Richie was so debonair and everything he did. And he was the first one to have the shirt sort of unbuttoned down to just above the navel. And he said, I idolise Richie Beno. So I go, I'm going to do what Richie does. <laughs> no no slip slop slap back in those days. You had those very flimsy, terry toweling hats, which, which will barely cover your eyebrows, of course. <laughs> and so he's been paying the price ever since. But it takes some kahunas, doesn't it, Matt, to to try and hook and pull the likes of Andy Roberts off the chin, but he did it with a aplomb, uh, the great IT Chapel, uh, sorry, IM Chapel, I should say. Now, a reported $1.347 billion offer from the NRL to the RLPA. Uh, that is the latest with the CBA negotiations, according to reports in the Daily Telegraph, uh, hoping to stall the talk of strike action from players. Look, I don't know about you, I, I never thought that the strike action would ever take place, and uh, thankfully... If uh, these reports are to be, to be believed, Matt, uh, that shan't be happening. Yeah, I never thought it was going to reach that stage. I know the players had to float that as a possibility when asked directly by media what might happen, but I never got the insinuation that was ever going to really develop. I think the Players Association has stood tall, um, talked tough, got what they wanted. I think the game needed to make sure that any spend was sustainable and that was going to take some time, some back and forth. I didn't get uh, sucked into it deeply in terms of following the ins and outs, apart from the fact that I think the players are going to be better off than they ever are in terms of men and women, importantly. And the game, hopefully, is going to be able to um, look after them but also go from strength to strength financially. So I'm quite happy to park it there knowing that it's going to be sorted out quickly and we can go back to the field like we did last weekend and concentrate on trials and then the premiership proper, which is looming large. You know what? I just got an email advertising that Origin tickets are on sale. I thought, wow, you know the league season's back. When you get an email saying that State of Origin tickets are on sale, it's May 31. That seems a long, long way away to be hawking Origin tickets. Wow. I'm still trying to scratch out my top eight. I haven't even thought about my Origin side. So it hasn't entered my thinking at this stage. But look, we did have an agreement, thankfully, uh, with the conditions surrounding the NRLW competition, which was much needed and a key sticking point. So, you know, the pace of this negotiation process, Matt, has been glacial, but the important thing, it's going in the right direction. I'm just now waiting off the back of these reports, this reported $1.347 billion offer, uh, to get confirmation from it from the RLPA. Because we saw, remember, just before Christmas, an announcement, and all of a sudden the, the Players Association, led by Clint Newton, said, well, no, no, no. We're progressing, but we didn't agree to this. So I hope it's a, a, not a replica of what we saw just prior to Xmas Day. Now, Abby Corusau, he's saying all the right things, doing all the right things, says they're training the house down, loves the intensity, 
you know, spring in their step there at Tiger Town with Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall, the newly appointed captain. He believes, Appy, that the club can end their finals drought this year. Look, I, I suppose he has to say that. I see an improvement, but I can't see them. Really, they can't really do worse. But, you know, is that is that reaching a bit high? Are they biting off more that can chew? Can you see the Tigers making the finals? No, I can't. And I know he has to say that. He's probably got a bit of ground to make up verbally, doesn't he, after <laughs> yes. the grand final celebrations. But, of course, Arpy, as the new captain there at the Tigers, is going to say that. He's not playing this weekend, kept on ice for round one. But we do get to see the likes of David Klemmer, Isaiah um, Papali, he played for West Tigers. And with more NRL players in the lineup, they'll be better than they were in week one of the trials when they were dreadful, absolutely diabolical in New Zealand against the Warriors. So um, they'll be a better West Tigers team this weekend, maybe this season, but I can't see them improving to the extent that they make finals. They're up against the Raiders this weekend, start of a doubleheader at Belmore, and I'm looking forward to seeing a couple of young centres uh, play for the Raiders. Seb Chris, Matt Timoko. We know that Jared Croker has returned from that shoulder injury and is desperate to get the 300 games and beyond. I think the league community wishes him well, but there's a couple of talented centres um, in front of him, including Brad Morcos, who played last weekend. So that's the t- assignment for the Tigers this weekend to start a doubleheader at Belmore. Yeah, you talk about the, these young and talented up-and-comers. For me, that's what the trials represent, uh, nothing more. So, you know, it's the second week now of this pre-season challenge. It gets underway tomorrow night, this clash between the Knights and the Eels. Uh, have, have you taken much stock in, in this pre-season challenge and the tournament and the rules and the, and the bonus points? Because judging from what I witnessed on the weekend, I'm not sure many players out in the middle of thinking, gee, I better get an offload here for some bonus points. No, absolutely. Like, I, I like the fact I've tried to add a bit more formality to it. I love the trials regardless. Footy's back, and I watched every game last week and probably will try to do the same this weekend. But the fact that there's 100000 up for grabs, look, it's inconsequential to the clubs. That's money for the Christmas party at the end of the year. You and I would, would love 100000 Most of the average punters would. But when you're talking about uh, millions and millions of dollars at a club, their aim is to win or be as successful as possible in round one, not to do anything in these two weeks pre-season to collect the 100 k At least that's my opinion. Uh, but still, it adds an interesting element when they're on four tries or they're on nine offloads with a couple of minutes to play. Can they get another bonus point? I was having a look at the teams that can win the 100K. Well, on top of the ladder in this preseason competition, the Roosters and Manly with 15 points, they play each other Mm. this weekend. So you'd imagine the winner there, if they can also pick up a bonus point, will be in pole position. Behind them, four teams on 14 points. But again, the Dogs play the Sharks, and they're two of those teams. So, you know, if you're looking for which team is going to win the... um, the preseason challenge, I suppose you're looking at Roosters, Manly, Dog Sharks, even St Helens against Penrith, who both had wins in week one. And isn't that a game to look forward to? The World Club Challenge on Saturday night in what will be a, a warm old Penrith camp. <laughs> I was going to say, yes, conditions not exactly favourable to the tourists, but it is what it is. They, they blew off the cobwebs against the Dragons last week. You mentioned there the Sharks, of course, uh, they showed their commitment to Craig Fitzgibbon only one year at the helm, and they've re-signed him to 2027. Do you like this? I like that. They've given him a year. I I think he's done so much good there, not just on the field. They knew who they were getting when they signed him originally. Now to give him a year just to get the lay of the land and make sure, I suppose, the club has done its due diligence, 
Um, some people say, why do you need to sign a, a coach for that long? Well, it's just a great show of faith in him. You can uh, relax a little bit and plan around it. I'm biased. I've known Fitzy and his family for a long, long time down here in the Gong. He's a quality bloke, great family, good footy mind as a player, long stint at the Roosters. Um, if they're going to have success at Cronulla, they're more likely to have it under Craig Fitzgibbon than many others. So why not lock him away long term? And yeah, the Sharkies this week, they're in that second leg at Belmore at Canterbury, where we get to see Viliami kick out for the dogs to beat a Pangai, reset, recharged mm. over the off-season maybe. And I'm just looking forward to seeing the Dallium medalist, Nico Hines, again after his All-Stars heroics last weekend back in club colours. So you're right, it's all about the youngsters, I suppose, in week one, the, the depth of the club. But in week two, we get to see some of these stars parachute back into the lineups, and there's just a few in that Canterbury Cronulla game. Yep, got Charity Shield coming up this weekend as well. I, I can see that 2am, Tommy's just slipped a question in here, and I know it's him because it's all about oh, the, here we go. Uh, the Roosters. James Tedesco has declared that anything short of a premiership for the Roosters is a failure for this season. Uh, I've got them. I'm tipping them for big things. I won't go as far as to say they're going to win the competition, but you know, they're, they're a top two side for me, the Roosters this year. You sure Arpy Coruscant didn't say that? Anything but a premiership <laughs> is a failure. <laughs> Who was it again? Uh, look, I know that the Roosters will be there. Um, they've got a great team on paper. Uh, they've got all the uh, set up around them from the coach, the administration down. You see what they did. Um, last season and over a long period of time, you speak to the experts and every second one is saying, I think it's the Roosters. Um, for what it's worth, you know, I think, why can't you still look at Penrith? You know, they dominated the competition last year to the extent that they can lose plays, you imagine, and still be competitive. And that's not allowing for the next wave of talented youngsters to come into the lineup. So um, I'm not going to jump away from the reigning premiers too quickly and pushed right now to come up with a team that can win the comp. I'm still going to go with the Panthers to go three in a row. Before we let you go, uh, you were at this game last night, the Kings and the Taipans, a uh, cracking game of basketball, and the Kings down by 12, and, and they came into this final series with a bit of a break and off the back of a couple of losses. Uh, uh, but they are champions for a reason. They'd won only two of their last six games, yeah. Jules. They hadn't played for nine days. Their MVP, Xavier Cooks, had played 28 minutes in 16 days. And then at half time. Cairns led at 59-50, having led by double figures in the first half and seemed to have all the momentum. And you thought, hang on, there's an upset brewing here. But the good coach that Chase Buford is assembled the troops at the major break, obviously had a reset. They went from conceding mid-20s and 33 points in the second quarter to just 10 in the third. And that's a sign of a good team, I think, to make the adjustments to handle a bit of adversity. And in the blink of an eye, it was Sydney back in front, Sydney with the momentum and boy, uh, Xavier Cooks, another couple of, as Andrew Gaze would say, hellacious dunks he has delivered highlight after highlight this season. <laughs> I did notice last night that the, both the big dunks were right in front of his girlfriend, which may or may not have been coincidence but good luck to Xavier Cooks and the Kings, they came back to win in the end pretty comfortably, 95-87 they go to Cairns tomorrow night trying to sweep the series and go into another grand final series. Yeah, he showed why the MVP, Xavier Cooks. Always good to chat. Great to catch up with you, Matty, for the first time this year, mate, and we'll chat throughout the season. We'll catch your work on Fox Sports. Good on you, Jules. Here he is. Matt Russell, 0457 736 736. This quick text before the break. Uh, Ashman, good morning to you, my friend. Nathan Brown, a very popular name in AFL and NRL circles. Yeah, of course, Nathan Brown, the coach, former Dragons player. Nathan Brown, the is he a former eel? Is he still an eel? Do we know where he's going to end up? Nathan Brown, what's the latest on that front? And then Nathan Brown, the Richmond legend, 0457 736 736.
736 736, the text line number.